an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Make yourself at home. 13 cops snoozing and munching while a shopping mall is being looted outside. Then police precinct takeover. We're being denied our right. We are not a mob. We're not a mob. Plus, coming forward after all these weeks. The 17-year-old high school student who shot the George Floyd video that changed America. I was like, I was like five feet away. Plus, TV's first black bachelor. His mom found out like everyone else on live TV. Sorry, Mom, but it's hard for her to keep a secret. Look, Ma, no pants. And the new tell-all book about First Lady Melania. Did she delay moving into the White House so she could negotiate a better prenup? The art of her deal. Then, fears of a COVID-19 second wave. People are still dying. As temperatures soar, how you can wear a mask and still be comfortable. It's hot. And the best bargains for your weekend grocery shopping. You'll be able to walk through the store and pick out some really good deals. Plus, Meghan Markle's BFF fired from her TV gig. She screwed up big time. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. Clashes continue around the country between citizens and police. In Miami, the situation quickly deteriorated when police tried to make their way through a crowd of demonstrators. They fought back, armed with their skateboards. Stephen Fabian has details. Mayhem in Miami as protesters attack a police car. Two men smash skateboards into the windshield, and the reaction is swift. Look at the cops! Look at the cops! The scene becomes a street brawl. A cop is struck with another skateboard as they overpower two protesters. Get your knee off him! Get your knee off him! The incident happened in Miami earlier this week. The vast majority of protests calling for racial justice in cities across America continue to remain peaceful like this one here in New York City. But in Chicago, there's uproar after 13 cops were caught on camera allegedly goofing off and lounging while looters were running amok. The police officers were seen on surveillance video hanging loose in the district office of Congressman Bobby Rush. One cop is fast asleep on a sofa. These two are also taking a snooze. Cops snacked on the congressman's popcorn. All this took place on June 1st as outside neighborhood stores were getting ransacked by looters. People fled with armfuls of stolen items with no one to stop them. Derek Knoll owns a looted barber shop and he is expressing outrage today after the photos were made public. It just was a major letdown. We feel like the ball was dropped at the time that we really needed them. Authorities say the 13 cops relaxed inside the congressman's office for as long as five hours. Chicago's Mayor Lori Lightfoot is furious. You know, it's, it's really quite mind-boggling. Um, and it's almost impossible to believe that it's true. It's one of the most disgraceful, disrespectful things that I've ever seen. 
Cops say they had permission from the congressman's staff to be there. And President Trump is doubling down on his threat to use the military to take back the six-block zone of Seattle that has been taken over by protesters and renamed CHAZ, as in Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. We're not going to let Seattle be occupied by anarchists. One way or the other, it's going to get done. These people are not going to occupy a major portion of a great city. The checkpoint to the zone is now like a frontier post with a series of barriers and a fence. We saw an armed guard toting what appeared to be a 9mm submachine gun. Protesters continue their occupation of the East Precinct. Negotiations to return the station house to Seattle police have stalled, and the assistant chief spoke with Inside Edition. And obviously what we've got here is we've got a mob. And, a mob? We're not a mob. Is, we're not and a that mob. is exactly oh what's God. happening. Is we're we're being denied our right. We are not a mob. We're not a mob. We're so peaceful. We're being denied our right to walk on our own city streets. She was a high school junior who saw cops doing something she felt she just had to document. And that 17-year-old girl's footage of George Floyd's last moments not only resulted in charges against the officers, but it launched a worldwide movement. But being a minor and changing the world can be really stressful. It's the video that's changing American history, and the young woman who shot it is finally coming forward. Her name is Darnella Frazier. She's a 17-year-old high school junior, and now she's being praised as a hero. None of this would be happening were it not for the bravery and determination of that 17-year-old girl who was threatened with mace. This is so sad. Darnella was in tears when she returned to the scene where Floyd lost his life. They killed this man. And I was like, I was like five feet away. She could not have predicted that the video she posted on Facebook that night would trigger huge protests around the world. I call her the Rosa Parks of her generation because like Rosa Parks, she wasn't looking to make a splash. She wasn't looking to change the world. She was looking to do the right thing. Her lawyer, Seth Corbin, describes her as a regular teenager with a boyfriend and a job at the mall. A GoFundMe page on Darnella's behalf has raised more than half a million dollars to support the healing and the restoration of hope for Darnella Frazier. The Bachelor franchise has been under a lot of pressure from past contestants over its lack of diversity over its 18-year run. Clearly, producers were listening. They've just announced their first black bachelor, and his proud mama found out with the rest of the country. After 40 seasons and 18 years on the air, the Bachelor franchise has announced that Matt James will be the first black bachelor. The new bachelor, Matt James, joins us now. The announcement was made Friday on GMA, and Matt revealed his mom was learning about it along with the rest of America. She's going to be excited, you know. Uh, I saw her mom, but it's hard for her to keep a secret, so I had to keep it super tight, and um, she's just now finding out, which is a fun way for kind of everybody to, to participate, you know. The move comes after Rachel Lindsay, the first and only black bachelorette, condemned what she called the franchise's systemic racism. ABC Entertainment said in a statement, we know we have a responsibility to make sure the love stories we're seeing on screen are representative of the world we live in. This is just the beginning, and we will continue to take action with regard to diversity issues on this franchise. We can't have change until you put that first foot forward, and that first foot forward for the Bachelor franchise is having a black lead, so I'm excited to, to take on that role. So who is Matt James? He's 28. 
He played football at Wake Forest University. He's a commercial real estate broker in New York City. He clearly has a sense of humor. While he looked dapper up top on live TV today, turns out he wasn't wearing pants. So what type of bachelorette is Matt looking for? I'm looking for qualities that a lot uh, that my mom embodies, and that's uh, selfless, uh, honest, caring, compassionate, and um, those are qualities found in women, all shapes, sizes, and races, and it's not a black or white thing. So I'm hoping that when that limo pulls up, there's a lot of diversity, and, and I see every type of woman coming out of that limo. Assuming everything goes as planned with production, Matt's season of The Bachelor will premiere in spring of 2021. First Lady Melania Trump has kept an extremely low profile throughout the pandemic. That's brought back memories of the early days of the Trump presidency when she stayed in New York. The stated reason was so their son, Barron, could finish that year of school. But a new book says there was actually another reason. Amber Cagliano reports. Did the first lady hold out on moving into the White House when President Trump first took office so that she could renegotiate her prenup? That's the new stunning claim in the book, The Art of Her Deal, the untold story of Melania Trump. It's written by Pulitzer Prize winning Washington Post journalist Mary Jordan. The title is a play on the president's best-selling business advice book, Trump, The Art of the Deal. Mary Jordan tweeted, Donald Trump said nobody could negotiate a better deal than he could. Then along came Melania. She used her leverage to get a more generous deal than her prenup. Today, hundreds gathered at Trump Tower in New York City for a black women's empowerment march. But Trump Tower was also the site where the first lady hunkered down for months after the president took office. At the time, Melania said she was remaining in New York because she didn't want to interrupt Sun Baron's education. Now, according to a new book, it was actually Melania's strategic negotiating tactic. This is how Inside Edition's Megan Alexander first reported Melania's absence. She has repeatedly said she will move to the White House when 10-year-old Barron Trump finishes private school in June. But according to the book, she delayed moving into the White House because she wanted proof in writing that when it came to financial opportunities and inheritance, Barron would be treated as more of an equal to Trump's oldest three children. The author also claims that Melania has lied about never having plastic surgery. Three photographers who worked with her said they've seen the scars from plastic surgery. Stephanie Grisham, Melania's spokesperson, tells Inside Edition yet another book about Mrs. Trump with false information and sources. This book belongs in the fiction genre. The book also examines Melania's childhood in the tiny town of Savincia in Slovenia, where the first lady was born. Stephen Fabian went there in 2016. This is where Melania lived in a fourth floor, three bedroom apartment with her mother, father and sister. Media coach Beverly Hallberg. Any woman who has paved the path that she has is someone who has to be driven, somebody who is focused, somebody who is very goal oriented. The Trumps have been married now for 15 years. The stock market rebounded a bit from yesterday's route over fears that the coronavirus could be making a second wave. A number of states have reported an alarming increase in new infections. And experts are concerned that with warmer weather now upon us, people will be less inclined to wear face masks. Here's Jim Murray. Is the second wave upon us? At least 19 states have seen an increase in daily new cases over the past two weeks. 
including a 93% spike for Arizona in just the past week. The mayor of Phoenix tells Inside Edition they reopened too soon. We are seeing an alarming rate rise in cases in my community. Of all the COVID-19 cases that we've had in my county, 27% occurred in the last week. And there's this ominous warning from officials in Houston, the nation's fourth largest city. We may be approaching the precipice of a disaster. By September, we're going to hit 200,000 people dead, and the pandemic won't be over. Dr. Ashish Jha is director of the Harvard Global Health Institute. States that are seeing these increases in numbers, uh, I think it's really important for them to get people to start wearing masks, uh, start building in some amount of social distancing, really think about banning large gatherings. A reporter in Las Vegas was stunned when he stepped into this casino. Everyone packed together, no masks. It's so hot. <laughs> One problem is the weather. As temperatures heat up, many people aren't wearing masks because they're just too uncomfortable. At Venice Beach in California, no masks. It's pretty hot here today. And if you're exercising or even just walking around, a mask can make it difficult to breathe. Make sure that you have a mask that actually is light in color um, because it won't absorb the heat the same way and something that's a very breathable cotton. Despite second wave concerns, President Trump is going ahead with his first rally since the pandemic lockdown in Tulsa next Friday at a venue that holds 19,000 people. They plan to fill it, and if anyone gets sick, they can't sue Trump. All attendees must sign a waiver. By attending the rally, you and any guests voluntarily assume all risks related to exposure to COVID-19 and agree not to hold Donald J. Trump for president liable for any illness or injury. It's something the president frequently blames for unrest. Antifa, short for anti-fascist. Fascism is an ultra-nationalist authoritarian system. Mussolini was a fascist. Reasonable people might wonder who is in favor of fascism. Well, Antifa is a movement that's gained in notoriety ever since clashing with white supremacists at that deadly rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, nearly three years ago. But is it playing a role in today's unrest? really to blame for the mayhem that afflicted America. President Trump is largely blaming the mysterious group known as Antifa. I want the organizers of this terror to be on notice that you will face severe criminal penalties. Some even speculate that Antifa positioned piles of bricks like these in New York that protesters picked up one by one. Today's New York Times reports that its own analysis of arrest records indicates there is no sign that Antifa is behind any known effort to perpetrate a coordinated campaign of violence. But allegations against Antifa persists. This video recently went viral. It shows a man handing out money to protesters in Ohio. Some on social media speculate he was part of Antifa. Trump actually responded, tweeting, anarchists, we see you. Turns out the man in question says he has no connection to Antifa. He says he was giving out money for medical supplies for injured protesters. Corey Lemley is at the forefront of the Antifa movement. In fact, some people mistakenly believed he was the guy handing out cash in Ohio. They actually called on President Trump to have him arrested. 
I was wrongfully identified. Records show the 29-year-old self-described videographer was arrested for disorderly conduct at a protest in 2019 in Tennessee. The case was dismissed. This photo shows him burning a flag at a George Floyd protest in Nashville. Lemley denies Antifa is responsible for inciting any violence during the riots. They need a enemy, and they have decided to make Antifa that enemy. We'll be back with more Inside Edition right after this. Next, the best bargains for your weekend grocery shopping. You'll be able to walk through the store and pick out some really good deals. Plus, Meghan Markle's BFF fired from her TV gig. She screwed up big time. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. Small businesses closing forever due to COVID-19. I could cry right now. <laughs> Next, Inside Edition. Mom and pop stores across America. First, they were ordered shut during the lockdown. Now they've had enough. Then, life in daycare today. In the age of coronavirus, can toddlers keep social distance? Is that even possible? We're not going to touch each other. We're not going to hold hands. Watch the next Inside Edition. You already know this, but food prices are rising faster than that of other goods. But there are some deals to be had if you know where to look for them. You are not alone if you're experiencing sticker shock at the supermarket. Yes, I'm spending more money at the grocery store. There are big spikes on some items. Beef and veal are up over 10% compared to last year. You're also seeing price jumps for cereal, rice and pasta, vegetables, and ice cream. But it's not all bad news, says the owner of Stu Leonard's supermarket in Connecticut. For one thing, panic buying is over. The shelves are well stocked. I can't imagine where everybody was putting all this toilet paper. Nationally, we're seeing price drops on certain staples like eggs, bacon, bread, coffee, citrus fruits, and seafood. Looking ahead as we get closer to the July 4th weekend, expect some bargains. So, 4th of July, we're going to celebrate, okay? Everybody's going to have burger steaks and... It'll be at a great price. Before the pandemic, it was estimated Americans spent about 10% of their disposable income on food. When we come back, why Meghan Markle's best friend just got fired. Meghan Markle's best friend is out of a job. Jessica Mulroney was fired from her TV hosting gig after posting some comments on social media following the George Floyd killing. Meghan Markle's best friend, TV personality and stylist Jessica Moroni, finds herself today out of a job for allegedly bullying a black woman. And even the woman who got her fired is surprised. Her best friend is arguably one of the most famous black women in the world. Mulroney was fired after lifestyle blogger Sasha Exeter claimed Mulroney threatened to turn brands against her for speaking out about the Black Lives Matter movement sweeping the world. She screwed up big time. Exeter posted this 12-minute video on Instagram slamming Mulroney. Listen, I'm by no means calling Jess a racist, but what I will say is this. She is very well aware of her wealth her perceived power and privilege because of the color of her skin. Textbook white privilege, really. Mulroney, whose children were part of Meghan's wedding party to Prince Harry two years ago, issued an apology. She rightfully called me out for not doing enough when it came to engaging in the important and difficult conversation around race and injustice in our society. We had a disagreement and it got out of hand. 
but the apology was not enough to save her hosting gig on the Canadian channel CTV and as a fashion contributor for GMA. All affordable, yes! When we come back, the biggest virtual orchestra ever. Finally today, their spring concert was canceled, but that didn't stop 650 members of the Chicago Youth Symphony Orchestra from making beautiful music. Those amazing musicians range in age from 6 to 18. Super talented. That is Inside Edition for today. I'm Deborah Norville. Thank you for watching. Stay safe, and we'll see you again next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery+. Plus. I'm Mo Rocca, and I'm excited to announce season four of my podcast, Mobituaries. I've got a whole new bunch of stories to share with you about the most fascinating people and things who are no longer with us. From famous figures who died on the very same day to the things I wish would die, like buffets. Listen to Mobituaries with Mo Rocca on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.